0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Nonprofit Everything. We've got something different for you today. Stacy and I got the most amazing question, and it was a very short question, but it turned into a phenomenally long conversation. So we would like to present this special episode on silo breaking. Um, so this is this. There's only one question, so no no skipping ahead. This is the whole thing. So uh, we hope we hope you enjoy it. Uh, just to remind everybody that the. Uh, the nonprofit Everything is a production of the Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits, so please go visit the ANN webpage. There's always a bunch of stuff going on. If you're not a member, go ahead and join. One of the best ways to support the podcast, other than giving Stacey and I high fives because we like that, is to actually become an ANN member. If your organization isn't an ANN member, encourage them to. It's only $150, and um, that that helps make sure that this podcast Stays a podcast, which is very, very helpful. And also it gives you access to a whole bunch of cool resources, um, the likes of which you will hear in the question that's coming up. Nonprofit government. Nonprofit
1: answers, nonprofit board, nonprofit, management. nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources.
0: The Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits presents Nonprofit Everything, the podcast about everything, nonprofit, with your hosts Andy Shurit and stacy Wedding. Today's episode is sponsored by Brenda J. Stout, CPA, a full service accounting firm specializing in nonprofit tax compliance and IRS problem resolution. Find out more at brendastoutcpa.com or check the Nonprofit Everything show notes for contact information. Thank you, Brenda J. Stout, CPA.
1: Thank you, Brenda
0: do you have any advice on breaking down silos within an organization and a possibly related question, any advice on how to break down silos between organizations with similar or complementary missions?
1: I love this question. Isn't that a good one? It's a great question. (laughs) I think every person listening to this is probably nodding their head. Yes. Is saying, yes, we have experienced that. Right. Um, So my personal belief is that oftentimes silos start with the leadership team or the leadership sort of structure of an organization. Now that's talking about larger organizations or ones that have multiple staff. Right. Uh, and I think oftentimes when you have, you know, director level, you know, director level positions that really haven't uh, actually, you uni- not like come together as a team themselves to get on the same page with how they work together, how they measure success, how they measure impact. And that, I think, bleeds down. And I also think it can become very pervasive, at least in organizations I've worked for before, where it's almost like that leader sets the tone, right? So that leader that leader is the person that oftentimes will be like, oh, you know, leave it to, you know, someone in development saying, oh, you know, those program people, they keep creating new programs, more stuff for us to raise money. So it's almost mm-hmm. like they pit each other against each other without even realizing they're doing it. Right, yeah. Um, so I don't know. So so I, I mean, before I get into talking about solutions, I guess it's partly thinking about where does it stem from? I mean, I, and I really think it's sort of a, a, an organizational culture and leadership is where it starts oftentimes in an organization and whatever level of staff that is at an organization. What do you think?
0: I, I, I think you're you're definitely right The coming from the top because because so you think about it from a more practical perspective, like what's the actual challenge. Right. Right. And so it, it's exactly what you say is that the development staff is whining because programs just keeps adding more programs. Right. And, and so they, now we have more stuff to raise money for. And so the, they're responsible, you know, nobody's given them the option of saying, Hey, you know, what do you think about this program or why are we doing it? They don't get that kind of information ever. They only get like, okay, so here's the goal this year and this is what we're raising money for. And this is the stuff that you're going to talk to donors about. Um, so you're right, it, it, it comes down to what the, the leadership, what information the leadership is providing, I yes. think. But, but even then rolling it, I think rolling it back a further step, because you started, you started down that path of like, you know, what's the actual problem? Right. I think the actual problem in, in like when you talk about silos, when you hear silos, again, you're right, you talk, you're mostly thinking about larger organizations. And what, what you're, you're talking about is nobody is communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they're not communicating with each other is because that's, you know, that's where their cheese is. The yes. the The finance team is responsible, you know, their, their, their day one responsibility is to make sure that they get a nicely done audit and that the bills are paid on time and that there's enough money in the checking account to be able to pay payroll at the end of the week or whatever, right? So that's yeah. what they're mostly focused on. And that, so that's what they're going to spend their day thinking about and because nonprofits are small and they're really efficient and there just aren't a lot of people just wandering around looking for stuff to do like asking the you know somebody from the accounting team you know how do you you know tell me about fundraising stuff is that they just don't there's just not enough time in the day wow. right wow. so so it does come down you right to leadership to be able to provide that kind of you know you have to recognize that you it's a problem that you want to fix um, and then figuring out how you're going to fix it
1: i think there's also an interesting, I, I actually, this is sort of top of mind because I was just actually talking to another nonprofit about this recently, and they are not that large of an organization. And they only have really three or four senior level staff, and they still are experiencing silos. And they were talking a bit about how uh, there's there's this sort of each one of each department was creating its own strategic plan. And like for that department. And I was cringing, right? Because that's one way I think that you can really come together as a staff, like in some way, have everyone be a part, even if there, it's not that everyone's a part of an all day retreat, but they are a part of helping shape the future, the goals and create sort of these joint goals and talking through how those goals aren't just met by one department, right? For Development can't do their job without, you know, finance having a great accounting and using donor, putting donor dollars where they need to and having programs that they can sell, right? So it's this whole... Kind of, it, it's it's. I think it's an opportunity when you think about sort of shared goals mm-hmm. to really bring together the team in some fashion. Even if it's just the leadership team that then communicates it down to their respective teams, depending on the size of the organization, there's huge opportunity to do that to make sure you're all sort of working united and not like, okay, you're you're in your little box and compartment, you're creating your like department's plan. I mean, how does that work, right? Because you're going to need. It it doesn't work. It's not that nice and neat, right? Right,
0: right. And and nonprofits, to be honest, are are way ahead in this. If you compare a nonprofit to a for-profit, one of the the, the founding principles of all nonprofit is that you have to have a mission. Yes. So, and everybody needs to agree on it. And that's, so you're already way ahead of all of these other, other organizations that struggle to try to figure out, you know, okay, so the, what's the point of our business? Well, it's to make money. Okay. That's super vague. Right. <laughs> like, right. like, so, so of right. course everybody's going to be running off in their own direction. So you're right. Like coming up, like having everybody do their own strategic plan seems that's crazy town. Right. I don't know, I don't know what the point of that would be. So, so the, the strategies that we usually see to approach that, you know, so, so, okay, first of all, everybody sort of recognizes that silos are bad. Yes. Like if you ask somebody like, you know, is, should your organization have silos? <laughs> everybody's going to say, absolutely not. Let's hope they say yeah, that. Because you recognize that the teams that work together and everybody understands what everybody's working on are going to be more effective. And if we're all pointed in the same direction and, you know, fall our oars are in the water at the same time, right? Yes. We're going to do much better. That, so the, the first prescription a lot of times is the org chart. Is, the, is somebody says, well, you know, maybe you need to tweak the org chart. This question is so great. We're going to go on for hours on this one. I know. So gosh. okay. So so another question. I I can't remember if we've gotten this one or not. Or if we had one a lot, um, it may have been a very long time ago. Is um, Like, should marketing and development be two separate teams or should there be the same team, right? Right. So I've heard that a bunch. I've been in organizations that have struggled with, like, how do you put that stack together? Because you sort of recognize they need to work hand in glove. Absolutely. Like, marketing and development should always, 100% of the time, be on the same page. They should be working for the exact same goals. So should they be supervised by the same person? And is it possible to find someone who's very, very skilled in both of those jobs, um, it's probably hard because they're yes, two different jobs. They really and they take, are. Right? They so, really are. So, so like tweaking your org chart, I mean, there is there is a big company in town who spent a lot of time and money tweaking their org chart and did it really in a really fancy, complicated way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and those of you who know them, you probably know who we're talking about. If you're not um, – Send us a instant messages on Facebook and we'll tell you. <laughs> we'll give
1: you the little we'll behind you. the scenes. Yeah.
0: And if you work for that company, you want to come talk about it. We'd love to hear that Yes. Too. But, but so so like very large organizations spend an awful lot of time trying to figure out, is the org chart the solution? And I don't know that it is. I don't know right. that I've ever seen anybody. I mean, people always move. The, it's like moving the chairs around. Right. Like it shouldn't make any difference because again, you're going back to I as a, an employee sitting at my desk doing my job and worried about one thing and that is is my boss happy with what I'm doing. Right. Right. Is is what I'm expected to do what I'm doing and I'm doing a good job. And do the people that you know are laterally from me, four departments away, I know I should know what they're doing and I know I should be concerned about that, but but it's not that's not my cheese. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> right? and I'm not going to get yeah carrot stick, right? <laughs> I'm not going to get rewarded with right, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not
0: a carrot or a stick. Right. It's just like it's, it's Larry. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, and to that point, I mean, I I think there's also, you know, there's this sense that, um, you know, the org chart feels like it's like that's something what some con- high paid consultant would come in and tell you to like, oh, change your org chart, and I'm like, don't pay that eh, guy, don't, do, yeah, don't pay that person because because <laughs> at the end of the day, we all know that like. That's not what we're really talking about. I mean, it's Andy to what you said earlier. It's it really comes back to communication and sort of internal systems. So, I mean, for me, I think strategies are right. It's shared goal setting, and I'm I'm talking beyond the mission, right? The mission is your core, but here's the thing: people forget about the mission all the time, right? Because they're in the weeds doing their work. So, I think some sort of always bringing, just like we have, hopefully mission moments at a board meeting, mission moments at a staff meeting is a great thing too. Like let's bring us back to our mission and then let's talk about our strategic goals and where we're going and how we're all contributing. I mean, I think it's a huge, um, a huge way to, to kind of fix this problem or help reduce it. The other thing is what if like, think about the measurement when people get evaluated, right? I think we could turn this on its head and say the evaluation tool is what maybe needs to change the performance evaluation tool because all the things you're talking about are people want right i want to do a good job or i i want to like check these 10 boxes so i get a decent review and maybe i get a raise whatever Mm -hmm. whatever that is what if that was turned on its head and truly was about like more of there might be little little pieces of that but more of a a shared team goal? Because then it's kind of like, all right, we need marketing, we need programs, we need development, we need finance. And if one of those pieces isn't working, we're not going to reach our group goal. And to be incented with whether it's a raise or some, you know, pay raise, what if it is in the evaluation structure, right? That people are starting to be measured Sure, they've got to be measured about things related to their department, but there's also sort of an opportunity for a bonus or some other structure if you actually meet, like, the team, the shared team goal, meaning team across the organization, not within your department.
0: Yeah, we've we've implemented things like that before. Right. I think the challenge that we have with that is, again, that it, that, for example, if you're on the finance team and part of your performance review is based on, like, big picture strategic goals, which is, did the fundraising team meet their stretch goal? Like, you don't feel like you have any agency over that challenge, right? And if you don't feel like you have any, aid, like, I have no control over whether or not they raise the money. Like, what can I, right. what can I even do? And then it just, you sort of like, let it, you know, it'll, you know.
1: You sort of just give up on it. Yeah, it'll it, right? just,
0: it'll happen whether or not I have something to do. So, so, so what you need to find, I think you're onto something, but what you need to find is the, the activities that Make an employee more likely to be um, good at breaking down silos. Yes. so so from a, from a because because you can look at it from the executive director perspective, like or the board's perspective. So you're looking top down and you' you're, you're going to sort of impose some sort of structure on the organization to make it so that silos are less likely. But, but I think because most of our listeners are not, probably executive probably. directors or board members most of our listeners are line staff yeah and, and I think I think this question came from line staff too is like you know how to as an organization because you recognize it inside right yes if you're working on a team and you're like man marketing and <laughs> development hate each other so how do you know how do we figure this one out um, and it's to is to find out what those those human behaviors are that break down those silos so so one of them and and it's the one that I'm the most uncomfortable with just because um. Just because I'm, I'm Andy. Um,
1: <laughs> that says it all,
0: right there. Is is, um, and it's something that you know you have to work. I've recognized that about myself. I need to work on it. Is that that like your? You need to actively as an employee. You need to spend time like everywhere else in the organization. You need to. I mean, I'm my what i'm i'm a generalist i like i like all parts of the organization i'm interested in everything yes. which kind of makes me like i'm not good at anything i'm kind of <laughs> sort of like mediocre yeah. at a lot of things yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the, the 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 challenge then is again because your cheese is in one place like you don't have the incentive to go and like really spend time in other departments figuring out what they do and and people will and this is where i'm bad at as people would walk you know up to the door of my office and go like hey what's up and i my brain is like Go! Away. Right, I have like, too much. I've You're got bugging me. A to-do list yes. that's got stuff on it for the last two and a half years that I haven't gotten to, and I know I your kids are adorable, right. they really are. Right. My kids are adorable too. I don't have time to talk no. to you about kids, right? So like, <laughs> so it's like a that's really so real. <laughs> that is so it? real,
1: and it's so true. Yeah. Yes,
0: and you know, and there are people, and and the problem is, is that some of these people they get they get a reputation within the organization as being problematic because they're not on task. Like, why are you wandering around the office? Right. Like, why are you talking to everybody? But the reality is, is that those are your silo breakers. Those are the people that talk to everybody that are naturally social, that want to network within the organization, that knows – like, did you know that this other department is even doing this? You're like, you know, and maybe it's a tattle, right? Maybe it's somebody right. who comes in to do, did you know what Larry's doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like, or something like that. And then, you know, and, you know, again, your instinct as a grown up is be like, come on, like, right. that's so elementary school. But, but like, those are the people that are within the organization that are wandering around and doing all those things. So, so maybe that's, you want to incentivize those people to be those sort of go with the sort of the lubrication between departments. So that's one way to do it.
1: Absolutely. And I, I what I like about that, I mean, it's there's sort of, there's I think some formal roles and informal roles with this, right? And formally you can do things like making sure you have sort of shared goal setting like we talked about or um, joint meetings across departments or across, you know, with different people in an organization that aren't just platitudes, but that truly are meaningful meetings mm-hmm. so that you actually are creating sort of it's, it's part of the culture we communicate. Right. But those are formal. And I think there's more, there's also needed, like you can't just have formal, nor can you just have the informal, what you're talking about, because one person who is just bouncing around for two different departments is probably not, um, it's, that's not going to be enough either. It's like, you need both of those, right. You need the formal structure and systems and that informal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think you can. So there are a couple of things about, oh, so so the employee that's just wandering around wasting everybody's time, right. right? That's. I don't think that that's probably the solution, but that's the behavior that you want to, you don't want to quash it. You want to give that person the tools then, you know, sort of recognize that this is what you're good at. Like you talk to everybody all the time. Um, I'd like you to get your work done, but also while you're talking to everybody, like, can you find out? Like, can you be sort of a go-between? Like, see if you can get this person to be Was like Mercury from the Greek gods, whose job (laughs) it was just to be the go between between all the Greek gods, and like everybody liked them, and like he just kind of did what he did, and right. So, so like have somebody be Mercury, and have that be their responsibility, and then sort of instill some of those those. You know, you have to train somebody to to why they're doing it, right? To sort of find that natural inclination. But as you're talking about formal things, that you're right. The the other formal thing to do, and people, and you know. For prop, big for-profit companies do this all the time is if they have like a big initiative or a big project they're very cognizant of taking somebody from all of the different functional areas and putting them together on the project absolutely so it's not like so if you're in this big you know, IT implementation you impl- installing a brand new ERP system. It can't just be IT doing it. No, you need everybody in the entire organization, even if they're not going to necessarily use it. They need to be involved so that they can understand why it's there and what it's gonna what it's gonna do, you know, and, and make sure that they're all sort of on that on that shared goal. Um, when so, we'll talk about another practical example. So one, one that I I deal with a lot of times, and I'm, I've, I've I've got clients that are doing this all the time is the the challenge that we have between finance and fundraising. So the, again, the, the purpose of finance is to make sure that the books are right, and that people get paid and that we've got enough cash flow you know that the cash flow is in such a way so that we can actually pay the bills when they're due right, right? so that's their that's their primary responsibility right um, and then of course your finance team is always you know everything else that nobody does gets stacked on them too so sometimes they do hr sometimes they do it you know kind of pile you know cfo you just pile everything
1: on the yep. cfo yep. Right?
0: They'll, do, they'll do whatever <laughs> they can't say no they don't know how
1: Poor cfo's <laughs> we're sending you some love and some hugs okay <laughs> it's a hard job yeah. but then but
0: but the the challenge is, is, that you know fundraising is out there, and they've got a lot of data that has to do with money, and sometimes that data is not in, in the format that finance needs it, or there are, there's confusion about the difference between what's an internal report, like what what should we be judged on, like as a what's my goal, like you know how do you how do you count money toward my goal as a fundraiser that that may be completely different from how it's supposed to appear in the financial statements and and that's okay and but getting the two groups to understand that you know they're really you know they have the same purpose in mind Um, But there's, there's ways that they can communicate and like understand. So for me as a CFO, like I didn't start in finance. I started all over the organization. So I spent time as a fundraiser. So I know, I know how direct mail works. I've done all that kind of stuff before, you know, so, so when, you know, when the development team asks questions about stuff, like I understand where they're coming from and why they're asking for it and what they're trying to get at because I've already been there. So the, and not a lot of people have had that experience. Yeah, nobody has. Like, how many yes. people can you like? If I can't think of anybody else that I know that started like in in sort of the soft side and ended up on the, the yes, harder side of nonprofits, yes. it's very rare. And so, so I that's why I do spend a lot of time working on that specific activity. And sort of explaining, like, you know, you you have to understand why they're doing. You know, the, the fundraising team has to understand why finance is being such a jerk about this. Yes, like why they're making you like. Do all these things in this really complicated way right. and tracking things and like the conversations that we have about like tracking pledges and all of the work you need to do to track a pledge. Because what they don't realize is the auditor is like, you know, punching you in the of face, course. literally punching you in the face, trying to get you to get that information. And and like you're like, uh, there's a breakdown. Plus, as a side note, there's no nobody has designed a fundraising system and a finance system that talk properly. No, like so that di- the information is always sort of smashing against each other, and yes. somebody's and if, unless you understand it all super super well, it's going to be a mess. But getting but that level of empathy, like yes. number one, like understanding what that other person's you know putting yourself in their shoes, knowing what their responsibilities are and why they're getting that, they're trying to do that. Like getting that level of empathy first. And then number two, even if you just don't have the empathy, if you're like me and you just don't care, right? (laughs) If if the empathy is not there, just ask questions until you get to the point where you understand where they're coming from, right? And, And learning how to ask the appropriate questions. Like so, why do you? you know, instead of saying like you don't need that or I can't right. give that to you, you say like can help you explain? me understand. Yeah. yeah, help
1: me understand why. Like what, what can you help me understand? What does do for yeah, you? Yeah, what that does for you and why? Yeah, and it's interesting because I think sometimes those conversations not only help clarify things for both people, sometimes the person being asked the question realizes wow, I really don't need it. I like, we have this kind of antiquated system that maybe we don't like, you know, and sometimes we don't ask ourselves, why enough, the Why are we doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, it's just the way we've always done it. So no, I love the asking questions thing because that's what kept striking me when you were saying it is, I, I mean, I certainly believe and I'm a big em- empath. So I relate to that side of it. But I also think that, It is really trying to understand, like, you're never going to become, as a finance person, most likely, they're not going to be like you, Andy. Most likely, they're not going to be a development expert and development people, professionals aren't going to be finance experts. But could there be even some, wouldn't that be a cool, like, mini retreat, right, to have... Even I mean, there's the ongoing question asking, but also having a retreat to sort of say, can we understand, like, here's a question I've always had, or like, let's have a little discussion about kind of help me understand the finance 101, everything you want me to know as a development person, as from your finance role and the things that are your biggest pet peeves, like share with me and help me understand why and vice versa. Let me do the same. Like, I mean, it's, that would be powerful breaking down those walls and just having that, having that dialogue that nobody's having
0: yeah, it sounds excruciating to me, but I think Oh, it does. Right. It's just me. Oh god. All, All right. right. I, I'm conversa- a nervous conversations I like that about stuff. feelings. I don't want I know. To do I know. <laughs> god. Okay, so let's I think we've beaten that one yeah, into yeah. the ground, but so let's ask the second half of the question now finally, um, which is like can can some of these things be transferred to collaboration between organizations with similar missions and goals?
1: So, absolutely. Uh and, and, you know, and I uh, honestly, what I think, though, what I love about this question is I do think it needs to start within an organization. You've got to get yourself breaking down the silos within your organization before you're going to even have a chance to do that externally. Right. It, it's it's a whole other layer of complexity when it's too organizations trying to break down silos versus just within your own organization. And that's hard enough. So the one thing I would say is it's going to take time, right? First to get your own house sort of in order before you're even sort of in a spot where, you can even entertain that idea with somebody else. What do you, th- like, do you, would you agree with that um, or? Somewhat. Okay. Somewhat. I see what you're saying. Like, cause I feel like if you're, if you're divided yourself, people are going to feel that in another, oh, yeah. another organization. Do you that get what sense. I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, like if you sense. don't have your own house in order and then you start trying to break down silos with someone else, they're going to be like, oh, well, do I talk to finance your program or your fundraiser or your CEO? Or who do I talk to? Like, and like, it's going to come out, it's going to manifest itself just there. Like, it's yeah. kind of like the principles that come with this right? Communication, empathy, asking questions, some of the stuff we're talking about, right? You could take all that and transfer that.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I was thinking too, is that it's, it's, you can use the same prescription on that, on that other problem is that even if it's not a problem is because, so you've got, you need to encourage your people. You need to provide some sort of reward structure for your people to go outside the organization and to interface with other other organizations that are doing the same kind of work that you're doing or doing work that's similar. So that's, again, that's like how many, I know it's very small, like the number of people like the, if you're a fundraiser, maybe you go to FP, right? And you right. go and you talk to other fundraisers. So, so, okay, that's, that's not that that's, that's professional development. That's learning skills, right? The same thing. I mean, I think Anne, I mean, hi, Anne, thank (laughs) you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for producing it. But that's, that's another opportunity where you have a whole bunch of different organizations that are, that are together just by virtue of being a nonprofit. So, so there's, there's no specific thing that they're working on. um, But, but coming up with that, that same sort of annoying person who goes from place to place, like, Think of it as a like a networking exercise. So if you're trying to get a job, right. like one of the things that you do when you're trying to get a job is you call everybody that you know and you go and you have coffee with them, you have lunch with them, you talk to them on the phone, you do whatever you do in the age of the internet to like communicate with them about like here's where I'm at in my life and this is what I want to do. And you you do that sort of sort of networking. Yes. So so what can you do as as an organization to encourage networking among service providers or people in the sector that are doing things that are the same or similar to you?
1: I think it's as easy as even going. We know there's a lot of convenings and sort of large and large scale initiatives that are going on in the state that you do bring people all working toward a similar goal or to working, whether you know it's homelessness or education or whatever this is, like you get all the providers or people who are interested in that in the room. But what's fascinating is you see the whole staff of this organization sit together at this table and the whole staff of this organization sit together at this table. They're not even like trying to break it up with as simple as maybe we should mix it up and maybe it's sort of our organization rule that each of us goes and sort of sits at a table with, with people we don't know or that, that we'd like to learn more about. I mean, that's such a basic thing yeah. and yet it's that's where it starts.
0: Yeah, and 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 part of it too is we have – in the nonprofit sector and we see it all the time, you talk about it and explain that it's not a challenge, but you see it all over and over is that there's, that's sort of the fixed pie problem, right? Yes. There's, there's only so much funding available and it needs to be, and we want to get as much of it as we can because our mission is most important and we are the most effective at reaching our mission, right? That's the, so, so collaboration with other organizations then feels like in a lot of cases that it could be, I mean, even if you're not saying it out loud, someone in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, you know, our, is this an organization that we want to give some of our resources to? Like, because yes. we're trying to get our own stuff done, do we want to give some of our resources away in order to collaborate? Um, so, so like that's a that's a much harder and much more complex question. I mean, we talk about mergers in the nonprofit right. sector all the time, like how how mergers should be happening all the time but there's no reward for a merger whatsoever no. is that the only thing that happens in a merger is a bunch of people lose their jobs. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's no other, I mean, it may yeah. benefit the community. It may yeah. be, it may make more sense, but if you have two organizations, if, I mean, and, and you don't, but if you have two organizations that were literally doing the exact same thing in the exact same service area and the exact same way, um, like they would never merge no. just because it's, there's no incentive, incentive to get them to merge at all. No. I mean, unless one organization is, Troublesome or failing or something like that, and you might get absorbed, and you might call it a merger, but that's that's not the same thing. Um, so it's it's a it's a bigger problem that you need to sort of get your head around when you recognize that you know if you're going to collaborate with another nonprofit, if you're and oh my gosh, like how many funders say you know please we would like to fund a collaboration. That was, I don't know, is it as big as it is now? It used to be super big. Yes,
1: it still is. And I'm rolling my eyes because, uh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, you you can't see that, but just I'm rolling my eyes because I love, you know, I I love funders who are always promoting collaboration. They're not willing to, sorry, I'm going to get on a tangent, but they're not willing (laughs) to invest in it. They don't understand the time it takes and they themselves are not collaborating. But okay, I'm (laughs) off my soapbox. Anyway, uh, so no, but... (laughs) But, but I actually even think, though, there is some power in funders have a, have a seat at the table with being able to influence collaboration, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. There's the incentive. So back to the pie issue. Oh, like, so if we're going to be rewarded for collaborating and maybe the funder even is helping us understand what that means for them and not, you know, you got to do what's right for your organization. I'm not saying do this to chase the money, but like there are ways funders can set up systems, right, that. Reward, like, okay, it's not about giving you nonprofit 20 grand, giving you 50 grand. It's about we need to solve this issue in this community. That's the shared goal, right? And- There's going to be players that all of you are going to play a role, sort of a service delivery model, but it's not going to be about, and we'll figure out what those ratios look like and who's providing what service. You're all going to get a piece of the pie. But at the end of the day, this isn't about, oh, good, XYZ organization gets to come back and tell me all the great stuff they did. It's about how are we as a collective moving, you know, collective impact moving this forward. Mm -hmm. I think there's some power in that. I don't think it's happening enough. I would love to see that happen more.
0: Yeah. And again, it's the reward structure. Yes, it is reward because if you don't if 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 there's if there's no benefit to your organization cuz remember the the challenge even at the lowest level of getting the development people to talk to the finance people politely right that at the lowest level that the only reason that that's not happening is is not because those are horrible people who are having, no. you know, just don't like people that are different or whatever. Yeah. It's because, you know, people are, they're doing what they're being told to do. They're, they're being rewarded for meeting their fundraising goal or for making sure that we don't have to tell everybody, Hey, cash your paycheck right now, by the way, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? yeah. it was the ultimate fail for the finance team. So the, the, like getting them to recognize that, that there is time in the day, and that they're they are going to be rewarded for being annoying and going to talk to other organizations, and like I mean, like think about the, like the the executive director who like. Like the staff is always whining about the executive director because they're never in the office.
1: Yeah. Right. Ah.
0: So, so on one hand, like you go, okay, th- like they're probably doing important things. Like most likely, they're going <laughs> out and dealing with donors and visiting client sites and doing whatever it is the executive director is doing. But from a staff perspective, they're like, you know, I'm being neglected. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. And, and but but like so, explain for the executive director can then explain like this is what I expect from all of you. I don't want to see you in your office right. forty hours a week, eight, eight hours a day, forty hours a week. I don't want to see you sitting in your chair. Yeah. I want I want to. I'm going to reward you for doing things that are outside of your area of expertise. Whether it is internally, like dealing with, like figuring out what everybody else is doing inside, and like and being forcing people to do it if you're not if they're not going to do it on their own, because a lot of accounting people just aren't going to get out of their chair, you know, them to right. (laughs) Um, And then, but also externally, like say, hey, I want you to. I would like you to go to this this networking event. I want you to go to this thing. Like you know, find find ways for people to to engage. You know, go to somebody else's stupid lunchtime right, gala event, right, right that nobody right. wants to go to.
1: Well, and you know what, <laughs> you know what I love is, is like, what, what this all boils down to is sort of where we kind of started a, a little bit at the beginning, but if there was a performance evaluation system where maybe it's some of that stuff, yeah, right, there's yeah. where it comes back to. How many external, like, outreaches have you had? And, like, it doesn't matter what position you are in the organization. Like, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Like, talk to us about it. What did you learn from that? Like, right? Because and I think it's more that it's it's it becomes more than just doing it. Then it's create the process internally where you get to share like here was an aha I had or here's an opportunity I see to collaborate with them. You know, the other thing I think about related to collaboration is that it doesn't just happen overnight. You and I both know this. Like start small. Like there's that whole spectrum of collaboration where collaboration is sort of the the pinnacle at the end, but there is a lot of steps of building the trust mm-hmm. coordination, right? Just simply coordination, which is different than collaboration or just like, Hey, yeah, we're going to refer. We know you do this and we don't do this. So we're going to refer to you. And I don't consider that collaboration. A lot of people would put that as collaboration. I think that's coordination and being aware of services, but like truly like, figuring out maybe it's like, how do we map that out, that journey out? Like, and maybe it, we got to build trust and we start small and then we move, you know, once we keep building trust between both organizations, guess what? Now we're collaborating and we didn't even know, like, we don't even know how it happened. It just sort of happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it even starts at the lowest level with just like networking, yes. like find somebody yes. in an organization that's doing something similar to you and just go to lunch with them and talk about stuff. I mean, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be something formal. It has to be, you know, you totally. those little baby steps and you're right, bake it in, bake it into the organization so it becomes part of your culture, so that, so that it doesn't just go away when it's, everything starts to get tough and you're like, oh, that fluffy stuff, we're not going to do it anymore. Make sure that that's part of what your organization is and how it works, and that's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, yeah. it's not an easy prescription. This is a long-term thing, which is probably why it was a long answer to a <laughs> relatively short question. It was, but it was a great question. Thank
1: you. Thank you for joining us today. Gosh, that was an intense topic, wasn't it? And one I think we all uh, probably have our own opinions on and can resonate with. So we hope we've given you some food for thought to think about how you can break down the silos uh, within your organization and perhaps with other organizations. Because Hey, I'm going to be a little, you know, cheesy here, but I think the world and community will be a better place if we do that, right? So, anyways, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Nonprofit Everything. Uh, if you liked this episode, share it. We would love for other people to start. Let's start a dialogue about this. That's where it starts with silo breaking. And um, thanks, as always, to Anne Alliance for Nevada Nonprofits for making this possible for all of you. Until next time.